Wow, now it's my turn, right? So, I want to thank you guys. Uh, it's an incredible blessing to be pastor here at Garrison Baptist Church. And if there's anything to be celebrated here today, it's our church family. Um, it's you. Um, I've had a lot of pastors throughout the years ask me... Uh, how have you been able to stay at, at one church for 20 plus years? And I said, it's all about the church family. It's uh, all about those who you know that love you and forgive and overlook a lot of your mistakes and shortcomings and are kind to one another and who love each other. And that's um, the way... You stay in a place for a long period of time. Is that loving church family? And so I want to thank John and uh, very kind things he had to say. And uh, it's the best twenty dollars I've ever spent, by the way. <laughs> I'm really grateful to him, and and I'm really grateful to our church family. Thank you, Adam, for doing that song. I'd rather have Jesus. It's a uh, yeah, Amen. It's always been special, but uh, it's even more special. And uh, these last days, I remember 20 years ago, uh, 20, 21 years ago, 20 years ago, uh, I heard that song sang in Romania. And uh, I'd heard it a lot before that, by the way, but it's one particular time was really special to me because um, Mike Howard sang it there, and so came real special from that point on so thank you guys for doing that 
Well, I know you're hungry, and so turn with your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Joshua. book of Joshua. I want to spend a few weeks sharing with you a few messages from the book of Joshua. What an amazing story. What an amazing man Joshua is. There's an example of a godly man in the Bible, and there's many, but Joshua certainly is one of those great examples of what it is to be a man of God, to love God with all of your heart, and be willing to follow Him anywhere He'll lead you. Uh, Joshua stands tall in uh, the faith uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ, of God, of, uh, certainly of, of Christ, but uh, He gives examples to us as well as we seek to live out our own personal lives for the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the introduction of the book of Joshua really begins with the ending of the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, God closes his chapter with his servant Moses and brings forward servant Joshua. Irvin Jensen begins his study guide, the book of Joshua, and he says these words. Listen to what he has to say. He says, even the casual reader of the last chapter of Deuteronomy cannot help being moved by the stirring scenes described in, the, in its 12 verses. Faithful Moses sadly views from Mount Pisgah the promised land which God forbids him to enter. Then, aged and not weary, he dies and is buried. The children of Israel weep for him for 30 days. And his epitaph is recorded for all ages in Deuteronomy 34.10. But since then, there has not arisen in Israel a prophet like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. You know, think about what the Scripture says. A man who knew God face to face. That deeply intense personal relationship with God that Moses had, he passed on to his assistant Joshua. And Joshua in his own right loved the Lord, was close to the Lord himself. The book of Joshua begins with his promotion. His promotion to the leadership position of Israel. He's elevated to Moses' position. And Joshua was 80 years old. Can you imagine taking on such a, a challenge and Joshua being 80 years old? Joshua lives another 30 years, by the way. So you can really see how it pays to serve God. So God has a plan for us no matter where we are in life, what season. God wants to use us to bring him glory. The book of Joshua is about facing conflict and experiencing conquest. Children of Israel go into a, a, a land that they don't know about and they receive blessings untold from God. Why? Because they followed Him. They held on to His promise and, and they went forward in the promise of God and the assurance of God and they possessed the promise that God had for them. Key word in Joshua is possess or possession or possessing. It's in there 18 times, and it's really about Israel possessing the promise that God had for them and God made to them. God had made it to Israel through Abraham. Back in Genesis chapter 17, listen to what Scripture says, and I will give to you, God speaking to Abraham, and I will give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you're a stranger, all the land of Canaan. As an everlasting possession, I will, get, I will be their God. 
You see, so the promise through Abraham was for Israel in Joshua's day. And Joshua led Israel in and God has promised this land to Israel as an everlasting possession. The book of Joshua is certainly about possessing God's promise. We see so much that we can benefit from. Joshua was born a slave in Egypt. Can you imagine a slave in Egypt and elevated to the leadership of his nation? What an honor it was, but Joshua was faithful. He was one of those 12 spies. You might remember that Moses sent into the promised land ahead of time, and uh, out of those 12, two brought back a good report, he and Caleb. They said, it's great, it's wonderful, it's full of everything that God said it was. And we can possess that land, that promise, because God said we can. The others, you know, not such a good report. Joshua's name really means Jehovah saves. It's the equivalent to the New Testament name Jesus. And so Joshua certainly was the instrument that God used to move Israel forward. To bring them into that promised land. You see, the only name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved, Scripture says, is the name of Jesus Christ. But yet God uses people to lead his, his, his people. Outline of Joshua is pretty simple. Let me give you the outlines. We look at it later. First of all, verses, uh, chapters 1 through 5 are about the crossing into Cana. And then chapters 6 through 21 are about the conquest of Cana. And then chapters 22 through 24 are about the commitment made in Cana. And so as we look at it in the future, we'll see all those things. And so with all that said, let's get to our verses this morning. I want you to uh, focus in your Bibles, if you would, Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. And listen to what uh, the Scripture says. And after the death of Moses, the servant of, of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. And now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all his, this people, to the land which I have given to you, to them, uh, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your feet will tread upon, I have given you. As I said to Moses, from the wilderness of this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, and that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will be, uh, have good success. Have I not commanded you? 
Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Pray with me if you would. And let's uh, thank the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for giving us uh, the word. and Lord, the power that uh, we uh, receive from your revelation, from your word. Thank you, Lord, that uh, you speak truth to us today. Thank you that we can stand on that truth with absolute certainty. Thank you for its promises that you'll never leave us or forsake us. That you'll always stand together as we stand for you. Lord, I just pray this morning that you continue to open our hearts to the word. Help us to understand what you want us to know today. Please, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as we... uh, look at these first verses of Joshua, I want you to consider what he's saying with the understanding of possessing the promises of God. Throughout Scripture, we read over and over that there's certain promises or certain things that God wants to do in our life and with us. And so, as a believer, uh, as someone who loves the Lord, uh, then we're people who want to possess those promises or experience those promises in our life. You know, there's always op- opposition to God's people when it comes to you and I living out or possessing those prom- uh, promises. We're always going to be attacked. Uh, we're always uh, going to be uh, set upon to uh, have these opportunities taken away from us. Uh, Satan's always busy about keeping us from living out the truths of God's Word, His promises, uh, and uh, the culture that we're in. So distracting, isn't it, about the things of God and about the things that God has promised to us. And so if we're going to possess those, then we have to be serious about it. Uh, the big question we need to answer this morning, is that something that I want? Do I, do I want to possess those promises of God? Uh, am I like Israel? Am I excited about crossing over into a new place and, and possessing those things that God wants me to have? But what if that kind of life is different than the one we imagine for ourselves? I mean, what about if we start pursuing God's promises and things begin to change? Uh, We looked at our life, and all of us do this. Come on, you know we do. We look at our life and we see certain things that we expect or certain things that we believe that are going to happen. Here's my life and I want to sum it up for you. I'm going to to work until I get a certain age and I'm going to have enough money saved and I'm going to retire and then I'm going to go on. And so we kind of in our own minds and thoughts have this tendency to want to map out our life. Well, what if God said, it's not what I've got planned for you. That's not where I want you to be. That, that job that you think that you're going to work on for the next 20 years really isn't what I'm going to do with you. I'm going to do something different with you. What if that following God is, is radical in the sense that it really demands a change? You know, some of us are getting at that age, you know, we're... 50s, 60s, 70-something, we're thinking about, well, look, I'm just, I, yeah, I'm running out the clock now, right? I, I'm going to play conservative with my life, and I'm going to run out the clock, and, and I'm not going to really do anything that's really going to require a lot of change in my life. 
And so we do that. Listen, how, how old was Joshua? He was 80. When God says, you're going to take on a whole new role in my kingdom's work. What if God said that to you? Would you be willing to do that? Would you be ready? What about that kind of change? Can you imagine that? What if it cost you something? I don't know. What if it was expensive for you to do what God called you to do? I'm not talking about shelling out the cash. But I'm talking about maybe it cost you personally. Or maybe it cost you professionally to do what God wants you to do. Would you really, do you really want his promises for your life? Well, if you do, I'm going to give you some information about how you can do that. One of those things that we better realize if we're going to go after the promises of God in our life, we better be strong. God says to, to Joshua about three times in his passage, ready, be strong. And he couples it uh, and of good courage. Not, not just be strong, but you better be brave. In verses 6 and 7 and 9, he says, be of good courage or be strong in, in the Lord. You know, when we think about being strong, listen, serving God and seeking God's will for our life, it's not for the weak. It's not for the faint-hearted. Listen, it's certainly not for the half-hearted. If we truly want to possess the promises that God has for our life, it, it's, it's really that the need is for you and I to be strong. And when you think about strong or being strong, there's a couple of things in this passage that I want to show you. Is that two things in particular that contribute to being strong in the Lord. That's not just being physically strong or, or emotionally strong or self-willed or, or uh, have um, you know, an attitude of determination. All those things are, are well and good. But this is being strong in the Lord. This is being strong in the power of His might. Uh, it's trusting Him. It's, it's humbling ourselves before Him. It's, it, it's having that kind of relationship with God where we're more interested in what He's interested in than what we are for ourselves. It's being strong. It's, it's letting Him work. We can lay out our plans and we can lay down our thought process and we can organize things the best that we can do as human beings. But let me tell you, it's, it's really the movement in the kingdom of God is about Him. It's about what He's doing. It's about what He wants to do. And, and as much as we can schedule and organize and do all those things, look, it, it's, it's, it's His strength that works in our lives. And so He talks about it. He said, be strong. Let me give you one thing about being strong that contributes to our strength. And that's vision. If we don't have vision for what God wants to do in our life, then we won't have the strength to pursue Him. Vision is all about seeing what God sees and seeing what God has promised. When Joshua was looking from his perspective across the Jordan River, he was seeing what God had promised. God had given him a vision. How did he do that? One of the things that he did is the Bible says in verse 1, The Lord spoke to Joshua. What did he tell him? He said, Joshua, you're going to be the new leader. You're going to lead the people in the promised land. They're going to have the promised land. They're going to possess it. And so how, how did Joshua get his vision? He got it from God. God spoke to him. 
You see, in the Word of God, there's all kinds of incredible things that God wants to use to speak to us about His vision for our life. And, and, and what He wants uh, and how He wants to move us forward in our life. And so it's important that we trust in His Word. And, and we receive that vision. You know, in, um, uh, in the book of Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 29, verse 18, uh, in the King James Version, the Scripture says this, where there's no vision, the people perish. Where there's no vision, the people perish. Now, the New King James translates it a little different. Uh, it means the same, but it's translated a little bit different. And, and in the New King James, it says, where there's no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Now, the idea of vision comes from revelation, from a word from God. That's revelation. So, so the writer in Proverbs is saying, where if we don't have a word from God, then we're in trouble. If we don't have a, a message from God for our life, then we better start searching. We better start asking. We better start looking so that we can have that word from God about our lives. What does he want to do with you? How does he want to use you? Is it any wonder why the church seems to be wandering around in this generation? It's because we need a vision from God, a word from him. And we've got to seek that word. And, and th this verse in particular goes on to say, and, and the people perish. Or they cast off restraints. In other words, if there's no word from God, people just go crazy. See that in our culture today? When, when, when culture has no vision from God, no word from God, then it casts off all restraints. Nothing and everything goes. And so what we need is that vision from God. And so... One of the ways that we get is we, he speaks to us, right? Uh, we, we need to get in the Word and listen for what God wants to say. Uh, not only did he speak to Joshua, but also, if you, if you look, he showed Joshua the land. He said, look out here, Joshua. You know, this is, this is what you're going to possess. This is a promise I'd made. Joshua could, could see, think about it just for a minute. Here's the Jordan River. Joshua's on this side. There's the promised land. Joshua's looking over there, and God's speaking to him. And God's telling him, it's yours. Go get it. Lead the people to go get it. Let them possess it. And you know what going, I think was going through Joshua's mind? What would be going through my mind if I was in his place is that, you know, I'm seeing the houses that I can move into. I'm seeing the crops that are already planted. You know, I'm seeing the boundaries that are already there. I'm seeing all these things. And, and God says, go get it. Go get it. We have to be able to see in our mind and in our heart what God wants us to have. Because if we don't see what he wants for us, then we'll never go after it. Because we'll never know how to go. And so there has to be vision. And when we have that vision, we're strong. You know, I'm going to pursue it. I'm going to go after it. Have you ever had one of something so bad that you really just, I don't know, maybe you took on extra jobs or you did extra things or sold extra things or whatever. You had a, a, a mental picture in your mind that, boy, that's going to be awesome. I've got to have it. And you went after it. If we don't have that for God and his plan for our life, then we'll never go after it. We have to have that vision. Because vision gives us the strength to go after it. Now, let me give you a second thing. Not only is it vision, that very thing, 
<laughs> but by the way, what, what's God shown you about your life lately? What's He showing you about your place? What instructions is He giving you? Have you received about your life? Well, the other thing is not only vision, but conviction. We have to have conviction to go after those things. You know, there's no greater source of courage than knowing that what you're doing is the right thing. Isn't it? I mean, don't we get to be a bulldog when we know we're doing the right thing? Look, we can stand against the pressure, the resentment, the bitterness, the... The opposition, if we know we're doing the right thing. Joshua knew that that land was theirs. And it was the right thing for them to have it. And he went after it. And he had conviction. And he was strong in those convictions. Where did he get those convictions, do you think? Well, I don't know. Maybe it was from the Word of God. Maybe it was what Scripture said about him in verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Maybe it was the fact that Moses taught Joshua and Joshua understood and Joshua was convicted about it and Joshua claimed it for his own and he went out and began to live it. You see, we, we, we better have some convictions in our life, about what we believe about Jesus Christ, about what we believe about the Bible, about what we believe about Christian life. Because there's going to be people that are going to come in and want to take your convictions away. And we can't give them up. Because without them, we're we're weak. And so, hold on to those convictions. How do you get them? You get them from the Word of God, from the promises. Where where did Joshua get his information? God said, I am giving to them. I'm giving this to them. I'm the, the Lord of all the earth is giving this to them. And so Joshua just believed that. He looked, and if you look in Scripture... Uh, God gives promises, but He gives principles. He says, every place the sole of your feet will tread will be yours. And so Joshua was convicted about that. So we got to get in there, and we got to tromp all over this place. we got to make it ours, because God had given it to us, and He had conviction. Now, when He went into the promised land, there's going to be opposition, right? We're going to see it in the rest of the book of Joshua. There's going to be opposition after opposition. It's one thing to be able to see God's you know, have a vision for our life and, and then start to step into it. And at the first time we find opposition to turn around and go back. That's not strength or conviction or vision. It's fear. And fear is the opposite of conviction. Well, not only is there this thing about strength, but also uh, he tells us not, not only to be strong, but be, to be steady. To keep going and keep going, keep going. You know, Israel didn't go in the promised land and, and get it all in a day. You know, they didn't tread all over the part and the boundaries that God gave them and, and overcome all the enemies and do it in a day. They had to stay the course. They had to be steady. How did they learn how to do that? Well, they, they learned that through Scripture, through knowing God through His Word. As they begin to look, the Bible, they acknowledge the standard for being steady. That's the Word of God. You see, what's going to hold us on course? It's the Bible, isn't it? 
What's going to anchor us in the storms? Isn't it the Bible? Because that's a revelation of Jesus Christ. It's the word, the living word of God, the Bible is. Listen, uh, Jesus is so inexplicitly linked to the Bible that you can't separate Jesus from the Bible and you can't separate the Bible from, from Jesus. Because he's the word and the word became flesh. And, and so when it comes to the Bible, it becomes the thing that steadies us in life, that keeps us on course. And so we have to acknowledge that, that if I have a standard for my life that calls me to live to, it's the Bible. It's the Word of God. So because of that, then I need to follow those instructions, right? What does he say in verse 7? He says, you take the standard, and here's what you do. You don't turn to the left hand, and you don't turn to the right. You stay steady and on course, and if you'll do that, if you'll be following those promises of God, then you'll have what he means to give you. So we've got to be steady. And then finally, we have to be studied. <laughs> like verse 8. I remember in the seminary, I had to dissect verse 8. And oh, gee, it was like, you, you know, about... <sighs> we spent two weeks on verse 8 in, in a course on how to teach the Bible. Can you imagine that? Spending that much time on one verse, and the whole class is about how to teach. About teaching. The, the title of it is called Teaching for Results. And, 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 and the big focus of it was on Joshua 1.8. And, 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 and listen to what it says. It says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. In other words, don't even go there until you've meditated on the Word of God. You know, that, that idea of meditation means to roll around and around and around. It, it's to take the Word of God and just, just wash it through your mind and through your heart uh, so that you become so familiar with it that it becomes second nature. And so he says meditate on it. He, he talks about that's the intensity of it. Studying the Bible is intense. Uh, and, and we need to be intently doing that very thing. And then he talks about regularity, day and night. Meditate on the word day and night. Not, not, not just, you know a little bit, but think about it constantly, the Word of God, what the Bible says, how it reveals God's plan, how it shows us Jesus Christ. And so there's a regularity to it. And then, then, then there's the idea of being, let it, being, you and I being teachable. In other words, let the Word of God speak to us. Uh, let the Word of God shape us. Let the Word of God mold us into the thing that God wants us to be. Uh, he says in verse 8, meditate on it day and night. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. What's our intention? We ought to intend when we come to the Scripture, we ought to do that with intentionality in the sense that we want to do what God says. In other words, before you, I want to encourage you before you start studying the Word of God, take a little bit of time in prayer and say, Lord, teach me. Teach me what you want me to know. Open my mind. Take those Barriers, those things that's going to resist your word away, those distractions, and, and teach me what you want me to know. And then the promise of that great scripture is that for you will make your way prosperous and then you shall have good success. God told Joshua that you'll never possess my promises apart from doing it through my word. Are you interested in having the promises of God in your life? 
possessing the things that God wants you to have to the fullest. One of those things that promise, that God promises in His Word, and it all begins there. He says, Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, when the Word of God and God offers that kind of invitation, it's with the understanding that He loves you and that He wants you to know Him. You see, our journey into the promised land begins by knowing Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Knowing that through Him, God has forgiven our sins. And by the way, we all know that we've all sinned and come short of God's glory. We know the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then that other verse, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Those promises of God begin through a relationship with Him through believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believing that Jesus died for your sins. That He shed His blood so that you could be saved and know Him as your Savior. Do you have that promise this morning? If you have, that's the greatest of beginnings in your relationship with the Lord. Bow with me this morning if you would and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful today for the powerful the amazing and the many promises that you have for us in your word. Lord, you have, you have a, a life for us to live. A, a life that's truly exciting and plentiful and rewarding. Help us to choose that life. Help us to choose your way. Father, so often we spend days and weeks and years just wandering around. Lord, sometimes we wander in dangerous places where we can get hurt, where we can harm our lives. But yet, Lord, you call us back to the safe way, to your way, to your path. And Lord, I pray this morning that we have this great consuming hunger to want to possess the promises that you have for us, to want to inhabit the place that you want us to be. Help us to do that. Help us to have that vision and those convictions that we need to be strong. Help us to be steadied through your word. Help us to be studied in the the map that will take us to that promised land. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to invite you this morning to stand together if you would. And as we stand together, we're going to sing a few verses of an invitation to... uh, Give you an opportunity today to maybe make a decision for the Lord Jesus Christ. You may be here today and you've thought for some time or you've been wondering, how, how can I know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior? How can I be saved? What do I need to do to be a Christian? Uh, I'd love to share, just take a minute and share with you how you can believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Just kind of walk you through some verses and share with you about knowing Jesus Christ. Might be other decisions here. You you may say, hey, listen, my first step to possessing those promises is going to be here this morning. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. But I really believe God has more for me. And so I'm going to step out in faith and say, Lord, I I want more than what I've been receiving. It may be to join this church or become a part of this fellowship and family. You can do that this morning as well.
We're going to sing uh, this uh, verse of a song. So just encourage you to respond as God leads you to.